Hello. What the heck is up? Happy holidays to all. My name is Rich Ryan. I will guide you through this episode of the Reinforced Running Podcast. This week, we kick it old school with my good friend, John Williams. We take on some of the burning listener questions. But in the first 20 20 or 30 minutes, John and I talk shop and catch up about our own personal training and the goals that we have coming up. Then, John takes on the lightning round. And I can't lie, I didn't think about a different name than the lightning round for more than one second. It's cliche, it's corny, I understand, but it's fun. And uh, we like fun here. So we do that for a while, and then we dig into some of the questions, which include how to get back in the routine of running after a setback, our general thoughts on cadence and running form, tips for someone who is just starting OCR from a running or trail running background, and how to get motivated after hitting a big goal. So we'll get it started, but first, please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us out. Uh, at least I think, I'm not exactly sure. And as a little holiday gift, there is a uh, link in the show notes for a free ebook that can teach you better running form. So that's for you and only for you. And now we're on, here we go. John Williams in the house. John, what's up, dude? <laughs> Big intro yeah. for you. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be tough to beat that intro there. I. Uh, it actually sounded really good. I sounded good. My announcer voice made me got me fired up. That's that's right. You just hearing your own voice, hearing your name, no matter what I said. You've been like, yeah, that sounded really good, man. Say that again. <laughs> so what's going on, dude? So how how how's the holiday season treating you? Last time. We we got to see each other face to face. Like we're we're face to face now. Yeah. But like digitally. Yeah, like I could have really touched awesome. your face. You got to actually get coffee and yeah. I mean it was uh, it was it was I was glad it worked out for sure. Um, you know it's just not not the same the same to see your beautiful face uh, here on the computer versus in person. Yeah, we could could have touched touched your face. I didn't. I could have. <laughs> that would have been weird. That would have been weird no matter where we were. It's, it's game. I would. I wouldn't. You know. You just ask first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair. So, what's going on? How how are things, man? I knew you came up for Philly for the Philly uh, half or full. I mean, it was just Thanksgiving time, so you were in town. You decided not to run that half. So, what's been going on training wise? What have you been up to? So, yeah, I mean, it's been actually been a rough. I know it's always boring because I, I you know, we we have for the people who haven't listened before, I've twin sons. Um, and they're just a handful and they started preschool. So they, they got sick and then just, we had this like bronchitis slash what like crazy virus blow through the, the house. So it's been, uh, I was training, like I was, I had one of those runs where I felt like I was like, for the first time I was, I, when, when I was visiting, I felt like I was floating and running like, you know, seven twenties, you know, I just, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like I'm finally, I'm back <laughs> finally like making some progress here. And then I got I got blasted. Um, so <laughs> like it, and just, it's been going on and I, I'm just now like feeling like, um, feeling like back to myself. And I, I think we actually have a question in, in our, uh, that we're going to address that, you know, is one of is, is, it really reminded me of what I'm going through now is because like, I was just, I was on this like kind of nice mental high where I was like, Oh man, things are clicking. Like I feel great. And then someone just comes along and smacks you in the face. Right. Um, and uh, it's it's really hard because you're just so you were so excited and then you lose those two weeks because you're really really sick and you just feel like and you're just like oh man like how do I... it's just it's hard it's really hard to just get back into that rhythm and just like 
because you know the thing is the, the truth of the matter is you probably didn't lose as much fitness when you feel that way as you probably think like as much as you know you probably didn't lose as much fitness fitness as you think you did right um and you just really need that week just power through and and, and hopefully um get through to, to kind of just, just really wipe away the, the dust and, and, the, you know, get rid of the rust if you may. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm finally getting out every day and just trying to, trying to get back with that. So, um, how about yourself, man? Yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of getting back to it after uh, a little bit of downtime. And like, like you had mentioned, like, that's a really good thing to like address, like getting all screwed up. Because like it's gonna people are gonna get screwed up for the holidays and they're gonna get screwed up for like injuries. Oh yeah, and a guy who I coach in for OCR, super good athlete, really consistent, said the same exact thing. Like he has like a three year old or something, and he was like, I can't wait to get him out of this daycare because he just brings home germs. It was instantly. It was like instantly. <laughs> we all and they're and they're sick. We're sick. My wife is sick. You know. So it's just a. Uh, it's yeah. It's it's something that. It, they say it's good for them because they build up these this immunity. It's I don't true. know how much I buy that. <laughs> I mean, it is true, but like, you know, it's kind of like oh, okay. Well, there's a happy medium there. Like, if they're sick all the time, it's not yeah. good for them. You got to build got to build up your immune system too. At the same time, it sounds like yeah. Uh, you know, I, I hope if, if I'm I'm pretty much I'm baked at this point. You know, if if my immune <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you're 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 you you are what you are. So you're just gonna get sick. <laughs> Um, but yeah, for me for training, yeah, I had some downtime. I did that 50 K, um, and it went fine. So it took a co- couple of weeks down after that. Um, and just bringing it back. Like last week was my full first real week of training. Um, this week has gone really well and just been putting a focus on just, again, just getting out and doing, doing what I need to do to kind of improve on those weaknesses. I'm, I'm making my body composition a bigger focus for this year. I figure, I, I feel like if I can be in a place where I feel com- confident with like what I look and feel like, um, that's a big marker for me. So mm-hmm. that's been also something I've really put a focus on these past two weeks is really kind of dialing things in on the nutrition end, as far as like timing and just like macronutrients and everything. I, I realized after last year I had like, so I was working in, I was working as a trainer, like in, in person and like coaching classes as well. So I was doing that for several months while training. And then I stopped doing that in May. And so like my caloric expenditure just like really dropped off because it went from being on my feet, moving stuff around like 20 hours a week of of actual training and not to mention like getting to and from. So it's a lot of time on my feet and and, and burning calories. And then I just like kind of stopped doing that. And then it was really hard for me to kind of get my body composition where I wanted to in the middle of competition. Um, So now it's like a real good time for me to kind of like really assess where I am and make a plan and, and, and take action on that plan to get where I am. So that's going to be a real big focus for me for like the next, like, I don't know, six or eight weeks yeah, or so. That's interesting. You know, cause I, you know, it's something that I've never really thought about for myself, but it probably is something that should be, you know, something to consider. And it even touches on, again, one of the questions that we had from where we were going to hit on today is, is like those weaknesses and strengths. And, mm. and, you know, I think just like, it's great. Like it's you, the, one of the something there's two parts of it right there's figuring out what your strengths and weaknesses are you know and, and being true to that and then also spending how much time you're going to spend with them so this is and this is a tough time of year too like everyone um so many know, cookies it, bro everyone's eating cookies i'm just it's people easy. hand me cookies all the so, time so you know what's funny this year i decided to do something different so i was like i always so what i what i did was I, obviously you have january 1st right and everyone's like okay well you know 
it's time. <laughs> you know, this is, this is going to be, but, but the, the bad thing about that is, is because you know, you're like, okay, January 1st is when I'm going to get started. Like the two weeks leading into it, you give yourself an okay to just, just be dumb. I yeah. Mean, I like, you, like, else, but just, yeah, you just like, oh, well, I'm going to have eight beers tonight because, you know, I'm, it's okay. I'm going to get started on January 1st. Oh, I'm going to have, you know, like half the lasagna because, and I think that there's, there is danger in that because you set yourself back so much more by having that kind of like, oh, well, I'll just get started on January 1st. But this year I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I'm getting, I'm going to start now. Like, you know, and obviously there's going to be, for me, it's a little bit different because we're down here. We're not going to be around family as much, um, but, but I kind of feel relieved for the first time. I don't have to like totally blast myself over the next couple of weeks because, you know, it's like, oh, it's the holidays. It's okay to do all these dumb things, right? And I think mm-hmm. it's so easy to get caught up in that because you give yourself a pass and then you get to January 1st and you're even that much farther behind because you didn't. So there's there's a lot of mentality and, and, and you know, mental, t- you know, hurdles you have to get over um, in order to have like a productive holiday season for sure. You're, you're totally right on that. And that's some, uh, a mentality, like having that idea of, okay, this is my last hurrah. Like people have that when they're going to like start a diet quote unquote, or when they're going to start training, it's like, I'm just going to go and do all these vices or quote or bad things quotes that they want to do. And then that does leak into the new year. Like that's just not something that leaves you that mentality. Like, and then it's like, if you have a bad weekend, then it's, if you have a bad meal on the weekend, it ends up being the whole weekend. And yeah. people have this kind of like perfectionist mentality. They, they, they won't separate their themselves in that moment versus what like they have an opportunity for the next meal or for the next day or for the next yeah. hour. And, and then, then, yeah, then it changes and changes. And then before you know it, you're like in that day and you didn't, you had a less than perfect day and you're like, Oh, I'll start being perfect tomorrow. Right. Yeah. And right, then right. it just, it just, and it could, you know, then it just, yeah, once you get to that point, you're spending every day saying, Oh, well, you know, it's okay. Like I already had a, a, sh- a shitty day today, like, and it's noon. I'll just keep the shittiness going and just get started in the morning. And then, right. you know, and it's, it is. It's, it's, I think you're absolutely right. Like that perfectionist mentality is probably something that a lot of our listeners and people who are runners have, um, as a personal level, I, I, sometimes I, I laugh at myself because, you know, if I, if I miss a day after having like a good solid 21 days in a row, like it's a real dangerous place for me because I'm like, uh, or like I miss two or three days because of sickness. I just, I, you know, you get into that, like, it's like a, it's literally like a downward spiral. And sometimes it's really hard to pull yourself out of it. Um, you know, because of that, like idea of like, Oh man, like I was perfect. I'm not anymore. Mm. And you almost kind of like shut down in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The perfectionist mentality is, is really devastating. It can be really, really poor. And and just last thing on this, and then we'll move on a little bit, but like, there's this idea of, um, and I talked to some people that coach in nutrition of like giving, like assigning moral behavior, moral characters to like your behavior so like oh i ate cake and that's bad like it's yeah like there is no moral weight behind eating the cake it is just you just ate cake it doesn't make you a bad person or a good person and then so like when you do all these other things like oh i ate just chicken and rice that was good and like that kind of reinforces this idea in your mind that like you wanted to be bad like, by eating the cake but you resisted that so like you're kind of indirectly telling yourself that like 
bad behavior is something that you do. And then like when, instead of just being like, okay, this is, has nothing to do with good or bad. I'm still who I am. And the cake is just cake. And then people start to, Oh, I had a, I had a really (laughs) bad weekend. I didn't, I didn't run. It's like, that's not bad. (laughs) Like it just didn't run like you can run today. And, but so like, you can't be, I've been really good these past two weeks, been real consistent. Like, sure. Like that is good for your fitness, but that like you are not good for running, you know, like that's just not the, like the, the, the yeah. vocabulary behind it is just, is just a little, a little like mind games. Like No, that. no. I think what you're saying, I think at some point or another, if not on a daily basis, a lot of people do experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's, I'm not obviously in this, the psychology part of it is tough because the pulling yourself away from those things may be a little bit trickier than, because you want to say like, oh, just tell yourself not to think that way. But something that's so ingrained in the way you're thinking. But we could touch more on that stuff. Um, obviously, a lot of this stuff is going to overlap with some of the things we're actually going to um, uh, uh, talk about. And, and you, we got some uh, the reinforced running nation. Yeah. Yeah. Should we have like, like names? For, you know how they, they have like people like have names for the people that like like uh yeah like reinforced running nation or like the people that are in the nation they like assign names to these people i don't know i don't know if that's something that we should that we should well yeah we we have real names so at this point like oh yeah i don't know if we're gonna gonna call them out yeah Um, we'll just we can mention mention here or there depending on what the question is if it's a question that like you know people don't want next time we'll we'll give them (laughs) i actually don't really like that nation thing i say it with a little bit of uh humor involved because I, I can't stand that like the nova nation like i felt that, that oh you just don't like nova i felt the well, humor it's not just a nova like the ohio state like these little things like look it's just a, like i don't know um and maybe people look at saint joe's and be like what's that stupid hawk doing why is why like the hawk will never die why maybe. won't it ever die why does that <laughs> hawk not die which by the way i i, I saw glavin sent another uh, another email i started yeah, to read it and holiday. then i stopped but yeah. I, I'll, I'll i'll reread it again um yeah so we did get some questions in from some potential listeners some really good ones that i really want to dive into um just you and i but first uh last podcast we had uh, the most original name for a series of questions, like the lightning round, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to do a lightning round with you, John. I want I want to hit you with some questions, and then just so I can get to know you better, so everybody else can get to know you better. What do you think? Uh, sure. I mean, so I just lay lay, lay the groundwork and the ground rules on. I mean, I can assume like I just answer as quickly as possible and and move as fast as I can. But no, so there's no time limit. No, or no, no, no time limit. They're just questions that I didn't tell you about. And then you're just going to answer them. And then we can talk about them if, if beyond that, but there's no real reference behind it. Let's do it. You think you can handle <laughs> that question? I'm gonna, so I'm going to ask you questions. You're going to answer the question. All right. I think I can. Yeah. Well, I know yeah. I can. I just, I'm just, now I'm really curious as to where this is going. It's going to be great. What is the tastiest flavor of baby food? Uh, banana. Straight up? Like just, just all, all in banana? Yeah, it's weird. I just had this weird – it just popped into my head. Like when I was a kid, I just liked – or maybe it's, I don't know, maybe at one point I was tasting a baby food from when I was feeding my kids. I don't know. But I just like that that banana, just like straight up banana. I don't think you're wrong. And actually now I, I like having baby food as like a pre-race food, just having like one yeah. of those packets that they sell because there's never any added bullshit in it. It's always just like, it's usually just carbs and maybe a little bit of fiber. Like yeah. there really isn't so- Interestingly enough, the uh, Nestle had bought Power Bar 
um, probably about 10 years ago. And it came out with this, these pouches of, it was basically real food in like one of those like plastic top pouches. You've seen yeah. these pouches before. That's, that's what I'm talking um, about. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it was, it was great. It was great. I mean, the, it was, it was really easy to access. It was great for the bike too. And it was a little bit more solid. So you had a little bit more of a filling kind of a taste for really long, like, but it wasn't, you know, for, for like those, for, um, a little bit, it filled your stomach a little bit. It made you feel a little bit fuller for a little bit longer than mm. just like, let's say a goo. Um, and it was also, it was real food. So, um, so we found out later on that like, that was basically like Nestle also owned Gerber and mm. they took, and they found out like this, this is like an, the, the composition, the macro levels and, and the nutrients in macronutrients in this are perfect. They just literally took, some of the flavors of the, of the baby food. And we're like, Hey, just ship over a couple tanks of that. And just, and they were using it, um, for the power bar product. I forget what it was called. Um, but I think that my, my point is, is that you're probably on to something there. Obviously if it's good enough for a baby and, and, and how much they're growing and the macronutrients of it, um, it's not super heavy. It's probably something that some people that, um, are having issues or look finding something to, to, to work through, um, on their nutrition. It might not be something for them to look at. hundred percent. And that, yeah, it's like, a, like it's already packaged that way. And like, just cause yeah. it's not marketed as new, like endurance nutrition, like that is sure. a straight yeah, up yeah. marketing. Like it is real food. Like I, I do, like when I'm traveling for races, one time I remember, I remember when it was, I was like looking at sweet potatoes, like a package of sweet potatoes. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I looked at the back. This was like for adults. And there was all sorts of like sugar and shit in there. And I was like, what, why can't this just be sweet potatoes? And then I went to the baby food aisle and it's just straight up the food. Um, yeah. So That's for some reason, yeah, yeah. yeah for some reason it, we can I, I always it. wonder if it's like shelf life or, you know, if there's some reason, like some sort of preservative type of um, factor that goes into some of those added ingredients. I, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either because potatoes, sweet, sweet potatoes are called sweet potatoes. They're, they're fairly really sweet, sweet. So. Yeah. But they put like a bunch of butter and like, it was all fatty. And like, I was like, what? like, I guess just adults don't like yucky food. They've been, they've been eating the American diet for long enough. They're like, well, it'd be less yucky if there was sugar and butter in there. And you're more likely to look at the label if you're giving it to your baby or your for toddler. sure. I'm, so like yeah, right. Be really, really kind of steer clear of that stuff because we we definitely look um, at everything. Obviously, like most parents do. So, um, right, and that's uh, and, and like yeah, like an adult will just pick up a tray of sweet potatoes and be like, "All right, sweet potatoes, these are healthy." When wrong, so look at the labels or get baby food. Banana is the best flavor, um, according to John Williams. John, what's your favorite? <laughs> what's your favorite movie? Uh, it flip flops between Shawshank and Goodfellas. Ooh, both classic. Have you seen the new, um, I'm sure. Do, do you see movies with twin little ones? Do you just see So them? we actually went to the theater for the first time in, since they were born the other day. What'd you see? Uh, we saw the, um, <laughs> it was called a flight or it was about this, the, uh, it was about this hot air balloon, like back in. Oh, the aeronauts? The, aeronauts. That's what it was. Was it, it wasn't did, my choice. That looks I, cool. I, I, it looks I, I, cool. It was it was interesting. It was probably like an hour or two long, you know, oh, like yeah. one of those an type of deals. Um, you know, it was just like a lot of fluff in there. But um yeah, I mean I wish I, I had a lot I love going to the movies. I wish we wish we wish we could go more, but you know, just uh just, it is what it is, right? 
For sure. Yeah, the, well, the, the new Scors- Scorsese. Do you say Scorsese or Scorsese? I've only ever heard Scorsese. All right, so the new Scorsese movie is on Netflix, The, the Irishman. Have you... Have you, I'm about uh, three quarters of the way through it. Right. <laughs> it, was, it was a little long. I actually got a I little. Was watching it. Yeah, it's an hour too long. Um, but you know what? It was it was pretty well done. And some oh, of that uh, some of that uh, cinematography stuff they're doing with like the aging um, is pretty cool too. Yeah, the uh, reverse aging. Yeah, yeah. That's it's uh, it's definitely good. If it, so, if you have three and a half hours, but yeah, it's hard to it's hard to do it in one shot. Like I need to watch it again because I did the same thing. I split it. Yeah, up. Yeah, now I might have to go back. I know it sucks. You know, it's a different I was, experience. I, yeah, I would actually canceled Netflix for a while, um, and just re-upped it. So I have to. Yeah, I didn't honestly. I didn't know it was that long. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh my. God. Oh, you didn't even look yet. It's like three and a half hours. Oh, legit, I'm so tired. Hours. I'm so tired. Like, what is going on? Yeah. I've never not. I don't think that's. I think it's the first time maybe ever or a really long time where I just stopped the movie like purposely, like maybe if I fell asleep or whatever, I literally purposely turned it off and pause it. I'm, I'm going to come back to this because you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's too long. Do you, do you watch um like zombie movies or like post apocalyptic post apocalyptic? I watched uh, um, the, uh, what was it called? The, the walking dead for like a certain amount of seasons. Oh, nice. And then a certain part, it jumped the shark for me. And I was like, this is, yeah, no, I heard that. But like, say you were in a zombie post-apocalyptic environment or situation, who are three people that you'd want on your team? On on my team to like to be fighting the zombies, just to survive. You could fight them, but like just to survive. Jesus, you want (laughs) Jesus is a good one. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, Jesus. (laughs) You know. Three people. Um, I'd probably say Goggins to put him in there. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> because I just feel he like... He might not last too long. He's like, Goggins. you know what we got to do? We got to go right out into the middle of these zombies and show them. He might be he might be meat like real fast. <laughs> a, little, a little overconfident. Yeah, I mean, but you know, he, he would have his place. You could find, you could find something for him to do. Um, you just be pull ups. Uh, I probably stop doing pull ups, Goggins. There's zombies outside. <clears throat> um, maybe, maybe, uh, how about one of my favorite triathletes? Maybe like they, I'm sure they'd be. I mean, what are we thinking here? Are we thinking like survival in a sense, like somebody who's like good. We're not like thinking a, anything. These are your questions. Maybe, what maybe are you Bear, thinking? Maybe Bear Grills. Oh, that's a good one. A survivalist. Um, like, yeah, I mean, he's that's he is that guy. Um, and then maybe Crowy. Who who's that? Um, uh, he's a, he's a triathlete. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I mean like now you're probably the weakest link, so you might just get, just get eight real fast, but yeah, no, I, but this I is your probably, spot. probably this is your wouldn't be, yeah, this, probably wouldn't just, be very helpful, but that's, that's, that's why you have these people around you. Um, so you were just home. You were just, uh, you're from like South Jersey area, went to school in Philly, but when you come back to the area or when you just come home in general, what is something that you like, you have to do? Well, it's different now, right? Cause, cause I'm here. Um, well, it's, maybe it's not different because I live, I've this first time I live. So like in a totally different place, right? So it's, it's just getting out, getting on the trails. Actually, that was the one, honestly, hmm. I'm not just saying that, like it was the one thing I could not wait to just be around the trees and be out on a trail and like running on the gravel. And it's something I just really, really missed and, and took for granted. So 
That's a great know, Valley, Valley Forge and Wissahickon, I always make a visit. Definitely. And what is a race that you want to do and why? I want to do Ironman Kona. Mm. Um, and the reason being is like, for me, it'd be the, at a personal level, it'd be like the right amount of like, the way I see that race is like, this would be, I, I know I can do it. So, but I know that it would be this, like, it would be something really, really special that I'd have to pull off. So like, I can, I can see myself doing it, but I also know that it would, it would take a massive amount of action. And I know that if I did it, how I, I could kind of connect with how I would feel because I would be able to look back on that amount of action. Now, I, th- I think the chances of me doing it are fairly small, if you may, but, but I also know that like, that's why it's like there and, and kind of would be an amazing feat and challenge because I know that even if I did eventually do it, that I was able to kind of overcome a lot of these things that would, that was like the right amount of, of, of action that would have taken me to get there. So that's probably my answer. Nice. What are the qualifications like for, um, for that, for like an age grouper? So how do you do, is it hard? Is it like hard to get in or is it just hard to complete? Especially now because triathlon has gotten so popular. Um, um, it's uh, basically there's slot and there's and there's less slots. So the way it works is basically they take a, a, a it's proportion of how many people are in your age group versus how many slots are allotted for that race. So for instance, if uh, Ironman like Placid has, uh, let's say I think they have like thirty or forty slots. Um, let's say it's forty, and let's say there's two thousand people on the race, and there's five hundred people in your in your age group, which wouldn't happen, obviously. That's obviously twenty percent um, is going to be. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, 25% of the, of the slots would go to your age group. And then you would multiply, obviously, 25% to, against the 40. And then you would have, what does that end up being? Um, roughly eight. Um, no. Uh, 25. What's 25? A quarter of 25 would be, uh, what, roughly six? Give sure. or take, yeah. but like so then, then you'd have six, and then it would roll down. So like if you if you were in the top six, you would you would get the opportunity to, to go. And now what'll happen is sometimes like to to some people may who are in front of you may have already qualified or or don't have the means or want to go. Then it'll it'll just roll down. So there's a roll down session afterwards, and they say, hey, look, do you want the slot? You have to pay on the spot. You have to pay mm. for the you know, and then and then they just just roll down. So like if you're at least close, typically you have to finish. These days, because the, the number, like Ironman, like Placid used to be 80 slots, I think. It was like a lot. And now there's way more races, and there's only a fixed amount of people that can actually go to Iron, Ironman Kona. So they actually, as, as they add a race, they have to find slots somewhere else. And it also depends on how many. So if you have an 80-year-old person actually just, just finish, they're getting a spot. Right. Otherwise, like, so it really depends on, like, actually what happens. You don't even know going into the race as to how many there's going to be because it's based off of who finishes and who's there. and. All it's the, like, all okay. Yeah. It's like the percentage of how you do versus the competition, not necessarily like a time or like one specific it, place. It's how everybody else does and how you do compared. Yeah, it's a pretty good system because it, there's no perfect. Cause like you can't divide a person in half. Right. Cause like at a certain point there's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be a percentage and they might say, Oh, well, this one's four spots, but you know, they're, they're basically look like taking the, the percentage and then I'm like rounding up or down depending on how many people are in that age group. So, but I think, I think it works and I think it's, 
it's gotten even more challenging. Like for, just give you, for instance, like a nine, nine, nine hour, a buddy of mine qualified, uh, in Florida here, there's a race here up in, in, uh, an Ironman in Florida in November, the weekend of, of, uh, the New York city marathon. And he qualified at nine hours and 45 minutes. And he, he did really well. I think he was way up there in his age group. Um, I think the same place he had is now like nine ten. So, hmm. and, and that's a, uh, and those guys, those guys are after 112 mile bike, 2.4 mile swim, 2.4 mile swim and 112 mile bike are doing the marathon on average about three ten. Damn. I just got fired up. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to go run right now. I need to go work out. <laughs> um, that's legit. Yeah, no, it, it takes, and like the amount of time, um, that I, I, that it takes to actually do, I think when you watch that, like people are like, Oh man, I could never do this. Or just, like, it's not even, it's so, you, you might feel that way, but it's so far. Like, you, you, most people can't even wrap their head around what it takes for most people to actually get there. Um, it could take years, the amount of, 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 and I'm, I'm sure you're involved with it too. Like an OCR is probably at a certain level. Um, a lot like that for you because like you're a runner and you're adding this other piece in and trying to make it all work. Right. And to me, that's kind of exciting because I, I get the running part of it. You know, I can, you know, obviously, uh, you know, work through that, but like there's these two new things that are kind of like, that are a challenge, which a new is, challenge. is kind yeah. of exciting. And that, that, it's interesting to hear about the qualification systems because OCR is so new and they're trying to figure it out, like what's fair and what, what's going to work for people. Um, and they, they kind of tried something like that before, like to qualify for the world championships, you, uh, like needed to say on the spot if you were going to go and then they were going to roll down, but then they just didn't, they were just like, ah, we'll just email you. (laughs) Like we don't need to do this now. That's the brilliance of iron because they, and it was a little different for them because they started with the championship, right. And the history behind it is really cool. Like you can actually go on YouTube and watch almost every year on YouTube, which is, I do all the time. Like sometimes I'm, I'm riding my bike or if I'm like you know, just hanging out like, or something like there's some unbelievable history, like the way it started, the, the, you know, the, the armed forces, the men in the armed forces challenged each other and they put together this course and it was, and they actually, you know, called it, I don't think they, I don't know if they're, I, I don't think you have to look back on it, but they originally called it the Ironman and then it grew into this, like this race. It was the only one it was when it was in Kona and then they built the sport around the championship. So it was a little bit easier for them. It was like, you know, they expanded on that. Right. But I think that the idea that they have this championship and like people want to be able to not only say that they qualified, cause that's, it's just like a lot like the Olympic trials. Like, you know, a lot of these guys know they're not going to the Olympics, but like, you know, to go to their deathbed and be able to say, Hey, look, you know, I, I, I qualify for the Olympic trials. You know, that's extremely meaningful to them. Right. Um, in running Boston, the Boston marathon Boston, is, is yeah. there too. So like these things that are like, and look, I, I get that not everybody's going to get to be able to co- go to Kona or get to, you know, um, uh, you know, figure out like, or, 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 or get to go to, to Boston, but, you know, figuring out what those things that are truly, truly get you excited. Like you just said, you're thinking about these things. You're like, Oh, like where am I running? Shoes? Like, <laughs> Let's I, go. That, that truly gets you fired up. Like you have to have those things. Right. And, and that's what I like about it being essentially like kind of an elite competition where it is like hard to get into Boston. It's hard to get into Kona for OCR. They're not quite there yet. They're still, and I don't know if it is just, there's not that many people, but like, if you want to go to the world championships in Tahoe, like you're probably going to go, you can figure out a way to get there. Like the qualification is like really expansive. So I would like to see it be 
a little bit more like dialed in just to help elevate the performances of people and, and help people kind of strive for something further instead of kind of backing into something, you know? No, totally. And that's where I think that they they need to figure that out. I think, cause I think, and if they did and they got people really fired up, like again, everyone's gonna be putting together goals on January 1st, right? How many people are it, who are in OCR are going to be like, say, Hey, look, I, my goal is to work, work my butt off and qualify by June 1st for Tahoe, you know, like maybe not that many people, because when it gets down to the point where like, you can't, you can probably get in no matter what, like to me, that's, you know, or you can nice cherry to have pick. that you kind can, of like, Yeah. You can kind of figure out what to yeah. do. It's getting better. It's getting tighter, but you can still like, it's still like people got in on yeah. accident this year. You know, people like didn't even think they're going to get in. They're like, Oh, I got in. Um, all right. Well, let's get to some questions. So the first question we got today is a good one. It's something we kind of touched on uh, just a little bit ago. It's how do you break back into training uh, and some good running habits when life slows you down or when things throw you off from where you, your current progress was? So this is something that you know you just talked about. You were getting um, – getting sick. So what's your take on something like this? How do you get back into like your running routine or your habits? Yeah. So, you know, I guess I would have a question first as to what, what obviously they're the running, what do you mean? What the, what they mean by running habits? I have an idea. Like typically the way I see this happening or going down um, is going to be like, Hey, your running is going great. And either like you get sick kind of like I just did. Um, something just happens or you just, you just fall out or just the holidays. I'm, I'm guessing that's what this is. It like the, the holidays, holidays or like just Thanksgiving screwed, whatever up, it may be. Right. Up. It's like, you, yeah. you, and, you, and your training falls off. Um, you know, is it, and the running habits would be just getting back into the rhythm of running every day or hitting all your workouts or, um, and, and just really identifying like truly what's going on and getting into the, the weeds is, and figuring out like why, why is it you? Why is it you're not going out? Is it because you feel like, again, for myself, it's because I feel like I've lost so much, and I'm just like, oh man, like you're almost like down on your, so down on yourself, and you feel like you let yourself down, and and you're farther away from from where you thought you should be or thought you were going to be, that you're just so down in the dumps that you just kind of shut down and not get out the door. Um, you know, so figuring out like what, what is really, really like, how do you feel in that moment? Right. How do you like, what's really, really holding you back and addressing that thing. Um, and, and I think that's really, in most cases is going to be just like this, typically a misunderstanding, you know, because if you were, if you're running habits, if you may, or like your running was going that well, you know, you just have to take that next step and you have to just look at it, have the plan and say, Hey, look, I'm just going to get out every day. Um, and I think what you'll find is, is that if, if you keep, keep at it, that you're going you're gonna to find that like, oh, wow, like I can't believe last week I thought I was like way off base. And now I'd, all I did was just do something every day for the next week. Like don't look at it for like, like nine months. Just take that next week or the next few days. And what you're going to find is like, wow, I feel way better than I thought I was going to feel in just three days, right? Because that's always what happens. It's mm-hmm. almost always what happens. It's just it's just taking action and just taking those steps and not letting that what we were talking about perfectionist idea get in the way. I, I started. I mean, I I started just if, even on the days where you, you feel like oh you know I don't 
I don't feel like doing like, I don't think I can do this whole like eight mile run or whatever it is. Who cares? Even if you just go out and do one mile or just two miles, just, just do something, you know, just don't let the idea of that you feel like you've fallen off so much stop you from doing at least something and moving forward. And I think once you just get the momentum and just at least start moving, that you'll, you'll really start to feel better and have a better perspective and the real perspective as to where you are. Mm. And, and that's a good point because you don't know where you are. And it's like to use the sh- uh, Shawshank example, <clears throat> like if you were digging that tunnel and then you got to a point where you just thought like this is too hard. I'm going to stop. I don't know where I'm at. You could have been an inch away from, from the outside. And that's kind of how it is for the fitness, right? Like you could still be – if you kept running for three or four days or a week, like that seventh day, that eighth day, you might just feel back. You might feel like you're like you're back in, in where you were. Um, yeah. And so like because those days are go- – they're going to suck. They're going to be hard the days after you've missed. Um, but you don't know how soon things will bounce back. So I love the idea of just like being consistent. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So what about if like – so from like a practical standpoint, I've heard, heard some rule of thumbs as far as like say you missed a week. Say you have a 12-week training plan and you missed week four. First three weeks did great. Week four – your son comes home from daycare and everybody gets sick. You miss the entire week. Where do you start? Do you go – do you start back on week four? Do you do week three again? Do you start all the way over? How do you kind of manage that? Yeah, it's going to depend on – first off, like what week you're into it. Obviously, what the training was leading up to that point too. Um, so – you know, week three, the way I handle it in week three or four might be very different than the way, the way I handle it in week, like, 12 or 13 or 14. And that's true. And, yeah, then like, that, like that, so. there's, like, a race around. But just say in general, like, if there's nothing – say if they run every day, every every week. <laughs> if they run 50 weeks a year and they miss one. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, so I always use, like um, – I, us- I usually like to use, like – a two times factor. Um, unfortunately, I think for every day, if you just miss one day, it's no big deal. Over like two or three days, I start to I start to multiply those days by two, and go back in the training plan mm. to like where that volume was. Uh, so if you miss a full week, um, you go back to go back to based off of volume and uh, the amount of just to be on the safe side because I do think after – I don't think you lose a lot of fitness, but I think your body just needs that, ex, that extra week to kind of get back. Risk. Yeah, your injury risk because you're just not – your muscle fibers are just like – there is a little bit of rust there. I, I don't, that's obviously not the technical term for it, but um, – You don't literally rust. The, yeah. Um, no, I, I like that. That's a good rule of thumb and it, it, it seems – that would be extra frustrating if you missed a whole week and you're like things are going well and you go back two weeks and you're like ah oh, shit I put myself back but you might not have like you, your fitness is probably still around there and if you do that first week again it'll be fine um, exactly so, so like, and then just kind of see how it goes like if you have somebody who has a lot of volume behind them and they're just been they're a powerhouse and they've been they haven't missed a week in like over a year you know I might go back two weeks go into it a few days or go into it a week and just and then reevaluate. And then maybe like bump them up just a little bit, depending on how close we are to the, you know, like obviously the person, and I know it sounds, sounds like a cop out, but the per- it kind of depends on the person too. It does. But that's why I feel like the first, um, 
the first piece of advice is the most important is just like ditching that perfectionist mindset. Just do something every day. Just keep going. Every day is a different opportunity to keep moving and, uh, and you have that. Um, and just because you missed yesterday or just because you missed the whole week doesn't mean you need to wait until January 1st. That doesn't mean you have to wait until the next cycle, the next week. Um, yeah, so yeah take- and identify through the holidays what is realistic. You know, mm. like like if you're way better off going and running just one mile a day than like missing four or five days and going on a drinking bender. Right. You know, um, and look, you want to have fun, but it's just – like figure out what you can wrap your head around like and say, hey, look, I own a minimum. And I think if you go into those days knowing that there's going to be some setbacks and knowing that like, hey, you know what? You know what? Today I've committed to doing at least two miles. I'm probably not going to get around to do, doing four or five like I originally planned. But like I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to be okay. And like this is, this is the plan. You know, I think it's too, too many times we like still want to hit that plan, but we're just not being realistic. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you burn a candle at both ends. You know, it's just not going to – it's not going to work out well. Yeah, 100%. And that's something that I literally just wrote about this week. I think an email blast is going out to some subscribers. You can subscribe at reinforcerunning.com. And they'll – like that just because it's like a, a couple of pointers for what to do for the holidays. Like look at your week. Look at what you're going to do every single day. Is that going to work? Like have a plan. Like look at what's around. Like know if there's a track. Know if there's a gym. And literally sit down and plan it. Or And just having like a ba- – like so if you – schedule a two-hour run on christmas and christmas eve it is a drinking event like you're not going to do it and probably you won't even do a 20-minute run because you're going to be like well if i'm not doing two hours then why would i do 20 minutes where like you shouldn't yeah. have that mentality and doing anything is better than than not so um yeah and just so enjoy, much and being, better and being nice to yourself you know just like have some self-compassion it is hard um so if things do like go in with the best intentions and don't make excuses about the holidays but also if things happen, just get back to where where you were. <coughs> totally. Um, cool. So the next question is a question about running cadence. This was actually asked by two separate people, so I figured it would be a, a good one to um, to address. The first question was just a general, like, what are your thoughts on running cadence? And the second one was a little bit more specific. Like, can you have good running form at 165 steps per minute? Um so John, do you do you track your cadence at all, or do you look at that much? Not not really. Um, you know, I glance at it every once in a while just because it's a, it's a metric on my Garmin. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you, what are you normally around? I'm probably in the 160s most of the How, time. Okay, cool. Um, that that's good. That's, that's that's a good starting point. And then so like the I think the main question here is a number that gets floated around a lot. Have you heard like 180 being mm-hmm. totally? Yeah. So like that's kind of the this like idea of what an ideal quote unquote running form would be. Um, but the way that I interpret that, and I'm not, I'm not a biomechanist um, in any sense of the word, but I have studied this a little bit, and I, I've practiced. I've seen a lot of people people's running form, and the 180 mark is essentially the the easiest cadence to have where you're biomechanically in a sound position. So like if you're at about 180 steps per minute, which is pretty fast, then your foot is more likely to land underneath your hips than if you were at 160, than if Mm -hmm. you were at 150. Because if, if, if it's slower, chances are your strides are longer and that your foot is going to be landing out in front of you. Um, and it doesn't mean if you're 165 that you are at biomechanically a, a disadvantage, but to help help people kind of become a little bit 
healthier in their running and to put them in better positions and not have to rely on things like strength or things just of like essentially just how genetically you are set up. Um, 180 seems to be a better number. Yeah. And it just kind of works out that way. There's nothing behind that number. It's just kind of like across the masses, 180 seems to be, if that's where your cadence is, your foot is going to be underneath your hips and that's a more advantageous position for you. So, yeah. So the problem with, with cadence I think is, is, is it's not, it's not by itself inside of a vacuum as you can imagine. Right. So Correct. And, and I also have the other problem is, is that it's, it's the cart before the horse with, with, with cadence. So, and where that number comes from is after trying to remember who exactly first started this, this it was, these studies. Romanoff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, he was looking at a lot of different things and similarities between between um, elite runners. And the one thing that he found that was the most common was this cadence, mm. um, not foot strike and all these things that he was looking at. And um, but my 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 problem with that is and, and the cart before the horse idea is that like is that are they 180 because they're super efficient? Or are they super efficient because they're 180? Sure. And and that's really where I think people get caught up. And 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 to to even take that a step further is that there's these other factors that come into play um, that you don't have read, as much readily um, you don't have much much access to control over like immediately or in in the short term. And the the perfect example would be your hip angle um, and how that how open your hips are or how much you're able to open your hips for whatever reason. So like, I don't know. I personally don't think flexibility is as big of a part of it as some people think. But if you're basically to, as when your, when your foot is, is basically driving back, you basically draw an angle, um, to your, from your leg to your upper body and see what that angle is. And the, the, the more open that angle is, so as closer it is to 180, the more power you're getting going back as opposed to up, right? right. It's, it's pure physics. Um, you know, so I think that that's probably, in my opinion, as I continue to re- read about this and just like look at it and just wrap my head around it, I think that's probably the biggest factor when it comes to speed and efficiency. Um, forget about injury prevention and all those things, which I still think it's a big part of it. But if you think about it, like the more... You've ever seen a runner like they're literally, they look like they're going up, like and 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 I think that's another metric you can get on your garment is like how much the vertical oscillation, yeah, the oscillation and how, how much that is playing into it. Now I still think you can be have, have too much power going up, and the oscillation is not a an amazing metric, but it will give you an idea as to, you know, because obviously the more power you can get going directly behind you. Versus going up, the faster you're going to go. Right. You'll you know, go it's, it's, forward yeah. instead of so, toward the sky. So, for instance, if you have a really low angle, um, hip angle, and you start messing around with this cadence, I don't know if you're going to get. You're always going to be better off slightly looking at the cadence, but 180 might not be achievable at that hip angle. Sure. You know, so like I think people will get obsessed. Is like, okay, well. You know, I can't get the one like 180. Just feels so uncomfortable, and the reason being, it could be directly related to to that, to the to this this hip angle, and that's just one example. But I think probably the best one, and you know, strengthening your hips is like, I would say, 
if if someone came to me and said, hey, if I want to, if there's one thing that I can do outside of my running, uh, you know, just whether it be workouts and my run, my running as a bucket, it's going to be strengthening your hips. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Before cadence, 10 times. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't look at cadence, right? Um, it just means that, like, I think that you have to have both to really make, like, the, the cadence um, be as effective as you'd like it to be. Sure. And, and like, I, I push back against people who are like, oh, this is uncomfortable. But, like, of course it's uncomfortable because it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be like, you know, trying to write with your left hand, essentially. You run one way your entire life. So you have to train the patterns of, like, using your hamstrings a little bit more, not relying on your hip flexors as much, and really getting into the rhythm and using, like, gravity to, like, help yourself lean forward so that you are putting yourself in, an, in a, a proper position. Um, and, and, and you're right. It kind of brought up two different conversations. Like what is the best as far as power output and, and performance, and then what's the best for injury prevention? So, and, and when I approach this, I won't, I, it's rare that it's like, okay, if you want to improve your performance, we need to in, improve your cadence. Like, I don't necessarily think that that's true. Cause I think you're right. Like, I think it's like, it, it has to do with the angle and how much power you're generating. And like, you can't tell that without some sort of power meter, some sort of propulsion plate or whatever, or power plate or whatever. And yep, you won't be able to tell that. We're just not there as far as the technology. I know there's companies that are trying to do that. Um, but if someone is consistently hurt and we've done strength work and they're doing everything possible, I've, I feel like improving your running form is, is something that people just don't do enough. And then that's where you can start to, to put cadence in place with like five or six other factors um, as far as like foot landing, um, we mentioned the lean, how you're how you're positioning your torso. So it depends on what your what your goal is. If you want to improve your running form to get faster, like I don't think the cadence is the first thing you need to to go after, like you had mentioned. Um, but if you're hurt a lot, like it's not a bad thing to look at. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's it's immediately uh, it's immediately reducing the amount of time you're spending on the ground. Like mm-hmm. some of the people I really respect, they're like less time on the ground, less chance of injury. Less, you know? less, and, mo- less chance you can move, less motion that will take place. Yeah, like if you're so, landing on the ground, you have a chance to move out of position. And all these things I'm, I'm explaining right now, all of them decrease the amount of time you spend on the ground mm-hmm. maintaining your effort. And that's the key, right? So I think that it just, uh, just changing your foot position, I used to love that one. It's meaningless. Because mm-hmm. what happens is, is what you'll see is these people who have a really, really high hip angle, they're trying to four foot strike, but they're four foot striking two, like a foot in front of their hips. Yeah. And they're still and, in a bad spot and their calves start. And it makes it worse. Yeah. It makes it worse. Um, and so like I started, started to look at like, hey, look, forget about where your foot is, how your f- foot is hitting the ground. Look at where your foot is hitting the ground relative to your hips. And that's, that's everything, right? And that's going to be two things, cadence and hip strength, and they're they're they're, they're going to kind of come, um, and and your power right, and, and like you're in your upper like, body positioning and all these things, and just having a stronger core, you know, I think is the third thing is like you know having that really nice body position, um, you know, it's it's related to the hip, to the hips. You want to have a slight slight. You don't want to be straight up and down. You see these people; they're almost sitting back in a seat. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, and it's like they're, and that's automatically right away is like any you just it's going to your hip angle is probably not going to change. It's actually just going to bring your feet even farther forward and put more power 
up through your body and straight up as opposed yeah. to like um so like look and i think that the the right away if you can just look at cadence i think you're you're it's a great place to start for sure but i i also wouldn't worry what i would look for is is slight improvement so if you were if you when you first started down this journey you were like 135 145 try to get to 155 and then maybe try to get to 165 if you can't if you struggle and you try to really, really struggle at 170 and you just, you spend some time there and you really, really can't find comfort eventually, then don't beat yourself up for it. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with like settling at a 165 and then maybe looking at some of these other things if you want to take it to the next level. Yeah. And, and, and it, it, it is something that it's one of the last things that are really going to be beneficial so if everything else is in order and like you just don't feel like you're getting faster and then you're like oh let me look would my cadence make my running faster it's like you you, you'll get faster with proper training first (laughs) you'll still get faster so i would say if you're hurt all the time then take a look if not like in your case like you don't like so anecdotally i used to get hurt all the time so i went through this change and now my cadence is 180 or higher and i have been injury free for like four years so like where i would used to get hurt every like 10 to 12 weeks like like clockwork um and this is before you felt like you really got stronger or after i was i I had started lifting at this point um like i'm stronger now um because you know i'll go to the gym but uh no but like you had this like kind of transition in from like runner to like crossfit strength training mm -hmm. type of so and so was it before that like transition in the middle of it <coughs> after so i got hurt much before i was still strength training i wasn't quite doing as much crossfit um and i would get hurt a lot then when i was doing you know your standard splits at the gym lifting heavy um doing legs doing back doing core um and then i had a transition in the middle where i was kind of doing some running some crossfit and that's when i switched everything um because i would still get hurt like if i would try to run more and that's why i kind of got away from running and then as I was able to kind of build back up and change my form, it really helped considerably. And I attribute it almost exclusively to the running form. Like being stronger, I think, is better for my performance. But I think staying injury-free has helped with – it has been the the form. Yeah, so that's interesting because I was just trying to hone in on like where – was it truly just the cadence or, you know, were you – in this case, it doesn't sound like we were really able to isolate that as much – not too as much. being so like just every just doing everything like doing more yeah. strength training and increasing the cadence and you know focusing on this form a little bit more right so because yeah, not everybody is usually in that case where you know yeah like i can't say for certain i feel like again anecdotally in my experience like that that has been the biggest game changer like almost not immediately but i could feel that my body felt different and that was that ankle thing you had that was that, no, 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 no. That that yeah. was from oh, that 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 was uh, something that was a long time ago. I yeah, would okay. have like a lot of soft tissue stuff before yeah. I changed my form, um, like a lot what? of hip stuff, a lot of uh, hips. Achilles tendonitis, okay. um, plantar fasciitis. Always, I uh, got piriformis syndrome real bad. Oh, that's the worst. Um, mm-hmm. Hip hip flexors several times, um, but mostly back and forth between Achilles tendonitis and the piriformis thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piriformis thing sucked if you have that right now i'm sorry um yeah i've heard that yeah so mostly soft tissue stuff and and some i mean my shins would hurt a lot i remember in in college i had these 
ice bags were peas. I just had bags of peas, and I would strap them to my uh, shins and ankles two or three times a day. I said I was going to eat them at the end of the semester. I, I don't think I did eat those peas. <laughs> um, all right, next question. So this one is more OCR specific. Um, and it's what's your number one tip or strategy from someone transitioning from the road or trail to OCR? And um, this one definitely works for both of us to answer because I feel like the number one thing that does kind of hold people up with this or in my own experience and the people who I've coached is having the running metrics and having the idea of what what their fitness and how it's going to translate from their training into the course. So like getting away from having – like set specific splits and paces that they think will translate well and just kind of like throwing those out the window. So um, I think two podcasts ago when Matt Kempson was on, he was talking about they do something they call them like turnaround 200s or, or turnaround 400. So they'll run 200 meters and then they'll turn around or like make a sharp turn or do something just to throw it out of that cadence. So like it changes the actual time of their um, 400 split so it's not like apples to apples. So it's not like if we went out and we, and we were able to run like whatever, 10 400s at 72, we could have an idea of where that's going to lead us on for like a 5K or something. Like it doesn't really work that way with OCR. And like you have to really kind of break out of that. Um, and same with like mileage as well. Like it's like, okay, if I run 80 miles a week, 70 miles a week, like I should be able to run well. Like the running is just different. So you can't count on these like standard practices that uh, you had as a runner. Um, yeah, is kind of where I would I would take that. Um, so the training itself, I feel like, does translate pretty well. I mean, it, fitness is fitness, but like just being stuck to this idea of something like straight thousands or straight four hundreds, like it will help you get faster. And if that's what you need to do, but if you're coming from running and then going into OCR, you need to just break out of that mindset, like of how you're going to be fit. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, look as as a as a, um, I kind of defer to you, obviously, with this stuff. Um, but like some, from somebody from the from the outside looking in, it just it kind of goes back to one of the other questions, just like strengths and weaknesses. It sounds like mm-hmm. for sure, like your your strength is already running, and yeah. like say you're already if you but if you're already strength training, like the the guy who answered asked this question, I know he's a gym rat, I know he's already strong, and he has had trouble just with in between obstacles and doing the obstacles themselves. Um, so yeah, it it would really be spending time kind of just working with that compromised running that we talk about sometimes where it is doing burpees or something in between your running and just breaking out of that mindset of what you think is proper training for running or which is proper training for running, which is, you know, having splits, having certain times you want to hit and then being able to translate it directly into the course. It just really doesn't work that well. So that's that's where I'd go with that one. Just kind of readjusting how you think about your your metrics for training. Think that's covered? <laughs> Sounds good to me, man. Like I said, I say that's yeah. covered. <laughs> um, cool. So this is another more like philosophical one, um, more or less. Uh, kind of like more like the first one. So this question is how to get motivated again after hitting a big goal so this person is um just had an awesome race and now there is more to do or the next season is upon them but having this like big goal and accomplishing it may have drained them of that drive so um 
You know what this remi- you, you know what this reminded me of? You know is uh, is Michael Phelps? Did you ever hear his? Do you know his story? The, he's a swimmer. <laughs> what? Yeah. What else? Whoa! Yeah. So you do know Michael Phelps? I know Michael Phelps. Yeah. <laughs> so he uh, he uh, obviously had arguably no. He had the best Olympic performance of yeah. all time. Right? Objectively, um, yeah. And. Uh, he came back and, and just he lost his mind. Like he literally just lost his mind. What um, year did he smash? Like oh eight was when he had like seven. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I believe so. Um, but yeah, he came back and just and he he talks about this pretty openly now because like and he's an advocate for depression and it's a real real thing. You know, obviously, you know he he's at a different level um, than than a lot of us are are uh, are going to. Or ever, or anybody is really has really ever he's been the, at because best because the amount of time. the amount of volume he was doing and the amount of effort that he was putting in and just like this tunnel vision and everything about the guy is really really interesting. I mean, he's an amazing. He just he's really. I mean, he's obviously in a really great place now, but um, you know, he got himself into a really big rut and 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 I think that the, the post marathon hangover, regardless of whether or not you know you hit like your lifetime goal or a massive goal, like it's hard to. You know, you're just, you're everything, you're waking up, like, I got the marathon coming up, I got to get in this run, I got this marathon coming up, I got to eat well, I got this marathon coming up, I got to do this. Mm -hmm. So doing everything's exhausting. Yeah, and everything, you're coming, and you finally, like, oh, yeah, you get through the finish line, you have your medal, you have your celebration, you come home, and you're kind of like, oh, well, what now? Like, you know, because my goal was to just finish the marathon. So, you know, now that I finished, like, you know, you, you, you didn't realize it, but when you were going through that and as hard as it was, like you thrived on it. Like it's, it's, it's in our, it's in our nature to have this meaning and purpose of like our actions, you know, and why we're moving in a certain direction. And you take that away. It's a very, very empty feeling. So it's not even just running, you know, you have to have that. You have to always, someone once said to me, or I once saw a quote, it said, you know, when, when you come home at night, you're not, you're not exhausted. You're just uninspired. And that made a lot of sense to me. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like when you, there's those days when you wake up and you're really excited about your day because you have something really great going on, you pop out of bed. Right. But it's no, it may be no different than the next day where you're like, you don't have anything really, really big going on. And you just like, you hit snooze eight times and never get out of bed. And I think that that's really just like, you need to identify, I guess what I'm saying is you need to identify what is, what's, what is that next thing? Like you need to figure it, like pick something else as fast as I tell people, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be something like, tomorrow or it doesn't do something like don't necessarily jump back into another marathon but but now immerse yourself in figuring out what's next you know because obviously if you feel that way you really really love chasing that goal and you need to find what the next goal is and i think if you know that that's the next step you'll feel good about the time you're spending trying to figure out what that goal is because you know you're even though you're not feeling amazing you're going to really do some soul searching and try to figure out what that next big goal is and mm-hmm. I, I think that that's really your body your, your mind telling you that like you, that's what's missing yeah and so like the soul searching part is something that i feel like is like what you, you're gonna have to do so there is something to be said about continuously having something to shoot for but at the same time you can kind of get really wrapped up into that thing and and that motivation which might not always be like healthy right like if you need to have to run a half marathon so that you feel like you will be active then like 
that's not the most healthy approach to it. Um, so really, it's like a, fr- a friend of mine, we just had a conversation about, and he, he has this great term. He used it in like mathematics. It's like, is it divisible? So like, is getting your time, your goal, or finishing your marathon, is that the reason why you wanted to do it? Or if you, does it boil down to something else? Can you divide that? Is that that's not like a prime number. That could be something else. So, okay, I finished the marathon. What's that mean? Okay, that gives me confidence that I can achieve something that I know is is hard. It's something that's, that I haven't done. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean? What is that confidence piece? Do you want that confidence? It's like, well, yeah, then I can feel valuable in who I am as a person to the people around me or to like work or whatever. And like finding out what that like main root reason is behind the goal in the first place really should be what you have in mind when you start to set out for something else. So like if it is, if you do accomplish something and then you're like lost, it's like, well, like how does it make you feel? Like what happened during that goal and what, what made you set out for that in the first place? Like you're a Boston qualifier. Do you feel any different than what you did before? And if you did, then you already qualified, you already like achieved that. Like you might not have to go to something else. Like really, like I don't find that you have to get back and be motivated. If you feel like you've accomplished like your ultimate goal that is satisfying to the person that you are outside of just some sort of metric. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. So, so I, I and and I, I see. I don't think the next big goal should necessarily be ru- running related at all. Like mm-hmm. I think that you you it kind of were just. Uh, I mean, it it might just be something is. It could be something completely different. You know, it could be like, hey, you know what? I want to spend so much time spending more time with my family now, or you know. You know, yeah. the reason why I was doing that is because I wanted my kids to see that, like, you know, I'm somebody who, you know, sets out for a goal and achieves it. And I think that what you, you, you know, you're saying was like real, realistically, it is probably the most important thing. And kind of what I was trying to say was that, like, you know, you, you it, it could be something, and in most cases, probably is something you're not even realizing is what, and that's why I think the soul, like you said, the soul searching part of it is, is really important. It's just, really understand because I feel like to that's why I say like don't just jump back into another marathon because you know what like you might find if you really do some soul searching is like another marathon is not what really what you're really really looking for like long term mm-hmm. or like what's really really gonna um you know keep you moving and keeping and you might find that it is you know like you might find that that but you know I think really taking the time to understand like you said where you're at and understand those like really deep deep rooted things and i know it sounds kind of deep like we're getting like you said really philosophical here but it is true like you could just you're just you could, it could just end up chasing your tail um a lot of people jump back into another marathon and just find that they just can't get back into it you know mm-hmm. um and they, and they beat themselves up because they're like oh my god i can't get motivated and and then it's like a different thing like the, like were you satisfied with finishing that marathon does that make you feel good about who you yeah. are ultimately and like accomplishing that goal and then if you don't like it makes you feel bad like that wasn't the goal in the first place finishing the marathon wasn't to be faster or to like yeah. whatever like then you're like well, then why are you even doing that um which is which is something that it is going to come down to and like and also just imagining what it would be like okay like imagine you wanted to learn how to play guitar with this time or something like how would it feel with your life without running or how would it feel without having like a competition on the horizon like is this a life that you feel like would still be satisfying to you it, even though if you have a separate a second goal or something else that fills this time like is that as satisfying to you like how 
does your life feel when you think about it in the future? Um, which could be a good practice. So like if you accomplish a goal and you're like, that was cool. I didn't really like that training anyway. I didn't like going to bed early. I didn't like sacrificing, sacrificing my weekend. I didn't like feeling like shit more often than not. Like then maybe like you don't have to go back into it. But if you can't imagine your life without running or without the training, then like, then like that's, that's kind of it. Like the satisfying part is like the training. Like John, what do you want to do? Why do you, why do you into this? (laughs) Well, no, I think it's, I think it's important like for me, it's important to, to always realize that, like, to revisit it and constantly be thinking about it, because you know I don't know. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent convinced that I always have the answer for myself. You know, I sometimes I'm like, oh, this is it, and then you start moving towards it, and you're like, hmm, like, you know, if, if something doesn't feel right, or even if things do do feel right, continue to to look back on you know what what that is, because I think you you find yourself down a road for a while and and just realize like farther down the road that you know and i wouldn't say it would be a waste of time even if you if you did eventually figure it out but i think just i I just try to constantly revisit it and it's it's changed a lot you know i feel like just i think realizing that too is is how things have changed so much in my life right now that's i think it's just it's i'm still probably not there just yet if i if it was going to be completely honest with you and i think that's i'm okay with that you know i'm i'm your priority and shift. It's like, yeah, and it's just, it's a con, but things are just constantly changing too in, in our, in our life, you know, um, between like, you know, just take for instance, the kids, like now they're the, you know, they're in preschool and like, you know, just, just things that are going on with them. Um, you know, it, it just, it changes. So I, I wouldn't, um, you know, I wouldn't beat yourself up over like not having it figured out right away. Um, as well, if that makes sure. sense. For sure. And like, like this person's instance, like this person qualified for a race, you know, like, and now it's yeah. like, okay, now they have to go run this race. So like if you BQ'd and like all you care about was the BQ and then like, this happens a lot, like for, for Boston qualifiers, they BQ and then they're like, and eh, this training cycle, I'm not really going to care. And it's just like, cool. Like if you want to go up there and celebrate and have an awesome time for the work that you did the previous marathon, that's great. Like go up and you should, um, like it's like your award ceremony essentially. Um, and that's the yeah. thing, like, are you driven by, like, by the work or by the outcome or the process? Like, what is it that you that you want to get out of it? And, um, yeah, for sure. And that's def- it definitely does change over and over. It's changed for me a ton. Like, I used to try to get my validation from results or running faster or being faster, being good. But anymore, I just really like it, <laughs> you know? Like, that's, that's just why it's going to be a constant. Like, I just love the training. <coughs> I love being out there. I love the races. Um, and that's why, and, and when, and for me, like they're like having that and that's what my priority is now, priority is now, but I won't be glued to it. You know, like if I was like you had a family, um, I'm sure it would be different. Yeah. And I, and I'm in love with like my old goals too and, and what drove me before, you know? So like I, I find myself kind of, and I, I need to be really careful because, because like, you know, when I was running in college, you know, I had these like big goals and, and. And I think back on those and how awesome they were and how much fun it was to chase them. They're like, it's really easy to kind of fall back into that and mm-hmm. say like, hey, you know, and I know it sounds strange and it's kind of like this, 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 this um, glory days mentality, but like, you know, sometimes I'll be out in a run and like almost have like these like flashbacks, you know? Um, and I think it's kind of, it's good, but it's dangerous. <laughs> right. Cause yeah. Uh, yeah, like, okay, like you're not going to do those things. Like it's not the same, 
but yeah. it's fun to think about. You still accomplish those things. Oh, of course. You just need to like realize what it is and the energy that it's bringing and not let it like get you caught up in the idea like, oh, well, if I do X, Y, and Z, like maybe I can run like this time or like, you know, because that's the way I used to think, right? Um, and that that's – I don't know if that's really where I'm at right now. Like I don't know if no. like chasing – like, you know, my best performance right now um, – is not probably going to get me that excited. Is something so, that yeah, I've of kind of so, come yeah, to peace with. I, I get that. Do Do you think it is a? Not saying that this is you, but do you think that? Because I get that too. I love that. I think back to the glory days, and it gets me jazzed, and I really enjoy it. Do you think like that is enough reason to keep running to keep that like memory alive? And like when you're out in those moments and like thinking about what you had accomplished, like the greatness that you had done several years ago, like and it makes you happy in that moment when you're out running to think about those things. You think that's a, a, a reason enough to keep going? No, I mean, and again, I don't want to make this about me because like my, my situation is unique, you know? So I'm hoping that like some people, I'm trying to think of how this other people could relate to this, but you know, for me it was, it's like, I look back, there's two things. One, I, I, I get excited about the times I accomplished something. And two, I, I, I get pissed of the things that I didn't accomplish and know that there were certain things I could have done to, to not achieve them. But those things I'm never going to get to, you know? So it's like, I can't reset right now at age 42 and be like, Hey, I didn't accomplish at age 21 what I probably should have, um, because of X, Y, and Z. I can't go back and now do X, Y, and Z and accomplish them now at 42, obviously. So, so that's really where I think the, is the trap is like falling into like that idea is it was just such a strong mental stimulation part of my life that you know I remember like that idea of like oh man I really really want this and I think it's finding is looking at that and be like hey remember what it was like to accomplish that is what I kind of pull from it right like mm. hey you, you yeah. went out and you, you did all these things but what is that you know I'm trying to find what that is so then I can be like all right cool like you know I know I'm moving towards that and I know it made me feel like this. So this is what is going to get me up in the morning. Um, so I think that just like identifying whether it's you ran in college or if you just, there's got, there's must be something in your life where you're like, Hey man, you know, I went out, I went after this and I felt like this, you know, so like be it, you know, what, what can I now do to, to do something like that that made me feel like that? I don't know if that makes sense. And that's, but. yeah, and that's when taking, and that's where I think a lot of these people who are running and going after BQs who, who they are, who had played soccer, who had done something in a past life that ultimately didn't work out because they're not professional athletes, you know, but they yeah. still loved it and they still worked toward it. Um, and I think that's where a lot of who these runners are on any specific race and who want to sure. get faster and who have that drive. They think about, they have to think about that stuff. Think about being, the pitcher in baseball or whatever you know like and having those moments and like remembering what it's like to get better at something so yeah, yeah. taking on new hobbies so bounce back to that so you can see feel what it's like to actually get better because like you said like where we are like we're probably not going to get better than we once were you yeah know? um well cool so it looks like our uh threshold for questions is about four and that's what we'll do um so yeah i think i think that sufficiently wrapped everything up what are your thoughts yeah, you know, um, well, honestly, I, I know this sounds really unprofessional, but I actually have to go. My kids have a a, a, um, a, a recital, um, like a Christmas 
recital that we're, we're rolling over to. That sounds like um, it's going to be so, fun. So I'm, I'm up against it. Actually, I'm really looking forward to it because it's going to be a bunch of two-year-olds just bouncing off of each other. But uh, That's such a dad thing. I would uh, not look forward to that. that no, I wouldn't. This is not something I would bring you bring you to. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I think that like, I think we hit on some really great things and I think that like, you know, this, this holiday season is, is, um, you know, it's, it's a good time to talk about these things because it, it is going to be, it's look, we, the good thing is, is we, we, we're, we're practically through it, right? We have nine, day, nine days left. Right. Um, but I think, I think if you, like, if I could just ask everyone and, and look, I feel terrible because I'm, t- this, these are things that I'm thinking about that sometimes I'm really bad at. So I'm not trying to. I think that it's just as therapeutic for me as it is for yeah. everyone here because these things are hard. And, and my goal really is to like over the next, over the next nine days, cause I very, there's very few Christmas seasons where I can look back on and be like, Hey, you know what? Like I had fun, but I still got out every day and I'm just going to, I set myself like, even if it's just two miles, like there might be one or two nights where like we, you know, have a little too much eggnog, but like I'm at least going to get out every day. And be able to look back and be like, hey, you know what? I had a great holiday season spending with my family. I got out every day. And I didn't let that perfectionist idea um, get in the way. And I also didn't set that goal for January 1st to be like the first day and then, you know, um, and, and then let those, those nine days, you know, like just basically, you know, get the best of you. So, yeah, um, I have a, I have a buddy who drinks eggnog without the booze. Like it's like milk. That's what he does. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> then then you got to like do a, uh, then like too much eggnog is like I don't even looked at challenge. it like and we do we actually like a little bur- little little bullet bourbon and it's actually quite t- I mean like obviously I would maybe like one small one it's really sweet I don't know it's got to be a lot of calories in it I can't I mean, imagine <laughs> I can't imagine looking at that it because pro- it is really sweet and it's pretty delicious I'm into it but yeah uh, not my not it's my very drink. good with some bullet bourbon for sure or not just bullet that's but you know you just do you just do like four fingers of bullet and a splash of eggnog yeah that's that's yeah how I, I like I want to get it like opaque so I can yeah. you can see the light coming through it you just want to drink whiskey and in, 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 during the holidays <laughs> like, no no this is a holiday drink a little splash of eggnog <laughs> a little splash of eggnog all right folks that'll wrap us up today um yeah thanks for sticking around thanks for submitting your questions and have a great holiday season